0: G'day everybody, it's Dan Saunders and David Redden here with with you, and it's a very big weekend this weekend in Suburban Districts Cricket, here's the Saunders and Redders NDCA Suburban Districts podcast. Dan Saunders, still with a bit of steam coming out of his ears, he's an interesting week, the great man, hello Saunders, don't get yeah. cranky with me big fella, please don't get cranky with me.
1: Uh, all good, how are you Redders? I'm uh, going well mates, it's been a very, very busy week, uh, cricket administration uh, it never ends, especially yes. at the business end of the season. Uh and DCA district and suburban district and development league semi-finals this weekend. So, um, yeah, trying to trying to get all ground allocations sorted for four grades development league suburban districts. With, with still grounds unavailable due to the asbestos issues from the fire there a couple of weeks ago. Yes, uh, still, well,
0: we should talk about that in a minute as well. Yeah, there's so much happening. Um, uh, Dan, other is it just the complex at Waratah? That is out. Are there any other grounds that are actually out due to the asbestos at this stage, please? To my knowledge, it's just the Waratah uh, complex. Grounds
1: one, three, four, five. Yeah. I I believe there's fixtures on Passmore Oval this weekend and second
0: grade Indies, second grade district. Team One is playing at Team Four's ground, so Waratah have to play at that against Hamwicks. That's well, correct. Yeah,
1: there's, there's the irony. Waratah would have been hosting Waratah Oval, yet have been transferred to Passmore, which is Sparrow's part from where the fire was.
0: Yet it's uh, open. Yeah, that look. <laughs> I, I will be a bit careful here. I, I've got. I'm the same as you. I've got a few. Questions I'd like to ask, but I'm not sure if this is the appropriate forum to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I would rather just not comment. But certainly, in my mind, there are some interesting questions I would like to ask off-air to some people about what's going on. Um, one thing I don't, I can back you up on. People up on. I've seen people who've got ill from inhaling asbestos fibers, and asbestos is terrible. Okay. you end up with a disease called mesothelioma, and it's just awful, and you can't survive it. So, if they're taking precautions, so be it. Dan, um, we spoke about the scoring with last week when we did our preview due to the scores, and it had been wet, and they got on at Jezo and Connolly, and as it turns out, um, it was. One game was uneventful and one game was an extraordinary game of cricket. We're going to go on to the results now of last week before we have a good look at the semis. Last week, West Waterboard 3 for 70, belted Redhead 66. And we have been speaking for weeks and weeks that Redhead are a little bit inconsistent. Well, clearly they've got caught on a bit of a, a track with a bit in it. Uh, three players got three fors, and we'll come back to that. And the other game of cricket, we've also been, we spoke about how close and tight this game would be at, at Connolly. West Journeyman and Wall's End. And you know what? It was an outstanding game. Somehow the journeyman defended 115 target and dismissed Wall's End for 104. The first game we're going to click into is Waterboard and Redhead. This game was played at Jezzo, the home ground of West Waterboard, the Journeyman and Wall's End. Strange, it's bizarre. In the quarterfinals, three teams played at one ground. Redhead, after Richard Mormon, who we spoke about, got a first baller. The only batsman to get top, to get um, double figures, was Jeffress, who batted at 10. The top score in the innings was Extras, which was 16. Wides were 14, and they were the same as the top score. A remarkable score. And they were 9 for 48, 8 for 38. And a completely and utterly ridiculous score on A great performance by West End. Clark, Ripper, and Robert Richardson three. We can see it's Dan an amazing scoreline in um, West Water, You wonder whether there was <laughs> – let's make it an understatement – you wonder whether there was something in the track. Uh, yeah, look, um,
1: my understanding is that much credit to Waterboard um, for ensuring a game went ahead. Um, I understand both teams actually met at the ground at 9 o'clock that morning. The, the run-ups at one end were – to quote what I've heard, ridiculous, like very wet, very sloppy. Um, Even midway through the game out in the outfield, there were were patches quite wet. If the game was round three or four, it would have simply been a washout. Um, But to their credit, Redhead needed to get on. Otherwise, a washout, they're they're eliminated. To Waterboard's credit, they've played. The umpire uh, assigned has let the game go ahead. The the interesting part to me is Redhead's won the toss and batted first (laughs) Um, To me, unless unless that's an incorrect entry, um, but again, Redhead, you know, 66 in a a final on a wet deck, you've got to chase that down. Um, Redhead couldn't have got off to a worse start. Richard Norman dismissed first ball of the game. Uh, Jack Clark's ripped one through him, and the first three wickets, Jack Clark clean bowling uh, Redhead's top three, which having him at three for three early doors was always going to be a a big hole to dig themselves out on. as you said, one, one batsman, double figures. Jeff was with 14, not out, with a couple of boundaries. And Kyle Burrows, big six at the end there. Um, yeah, 66 against um, a pretty pumped-up waterboard would never be enough on a wet deck. Um, you know, funny thing could happen in finals, but Clark, three for nine from six. Jacob Rippon, three for 20 from seven. Richardson, three for 20 or seven. A great bowling performance, a great team effort there. Um, and they've peeled them runs off pretty quickly 70 and 20 overs loss of three wickets. Mitchell Cronin 26 uh, from 22. Chris Mitchell's actually had a bowl, uh, one for 21. Marcus Christensen, two for 17. But on the scale of things, never enough runs, uh, which is unfortunate for Redhead. But uh, with the con- knowing what the conditions were, that game went ahead at all is a credit to both teams, especially to the Waterboard, who Um, they they could have taken the easy option and and the game could have been washed out so um, the spirit of cricket lives on in suburban districts which is is very good to see Um, commiserations to Redhead Um, uh, one team especially like the journeymen are severely affected by a lot of washouts this year Um, so I guess it's probably an apt way for their season to end due uh, in part to the conditions but well done to the water board they've got a um, big challenge ahead of them this weekend which we'll talk about shortly
0: to the second game. This game was playing at Connolly Park, and um, uh, well, Dan, I'll get Dan to talk about the conditions there. Um, when you look at this scoreline, this game was won by numbers eight, nine, and ten in the West Journeyman side. The Journeyman was seven for forty-five and got themselves to one hundred and fourteen and almost got the forty overs done. O'Donoghue batted at nine. He made sorry eight, and he made fifteen. Gauchi thirty-two at nine. Top score, Shaw 12 not out. Um, Wells is 23 at the top of the innings and they made 114. Shafiq Sayed magnificent, and I do mean magnificent for Walls End. Five for 21 off eight. Absolutely superb figures in a final. And Dan, I reckon after th- the first half of the game, Walls End would probably have thought they've done well. Can you give us a bit of an insight as I hand over to you completely to talk about Walls End's innings, the conditions at Connolly? My understanding the
1: conditions were a lot more favourable for cricket than what they were at Jasmine Park. The uh, outfield was mowed by council. The covers had been on uh, throughout the week. Uh, from all reports, the, the wicket played as, as true as it could um, under the conditions. We did have a lot of rain last week, obviously the last couple of weeks. So well done to Nathan Stoodley, the curator there at Connolly Park. He's done a fantastic job to get that game on. Uh, look, the journeyman. Now, you remember I said last week? Now we both predicted the journeyman would win this clash in, in a did. tight one. We but did. But I, I specifically said the the thing with the journeyman is they always find a way to get out of trouble. They always dig in, find a way to get to their forty overs. Now it's seven for forty five. Um, they got no right to bat thirty seven point four overs. But that tail has wages. And now Paul Gauchy batting at nine, a very handy cricketer coming in at nine. He's a top order bat. Um, and that 32, over the course of the next fortnight, that could be the most important 32 of his career. Yeah. Um, Sam Bershaw, another experienced campaigner, supporting him there with 12 not out at the back of the innings. O'Donoghue with 15. But yeah, the the waterboard, sorry, Wall's End have just skittled that impressive journeyman top water. Shafiq Saeed with five for 21. That's a, another five for you. You got five wickets in a match only about three weeks ago. That's right. Um, and a lot of these wickets, there's three or four LBWs, if you clean bowl, they're bowling stump to stump. You miss, they hit. And I don't think, uh, from what I can see, Wall's End have done too much wrong in this game. They um, 114, a very chaseable total at Connolly Park in 40 overs. Um, but the spirit of the journey when they just always find a way and you look at all five bowls have taken wickets. Um Early wickets, four for 41, five for 42, a 44-run partnership for the sixth wicket. Looked like it'd gotten Walls End out of trouble, but the journeyman, they've hung in, and that experience in big games, as I said, they've been arguably the most consistent team in the, the city and suburban A-grade competition over the last decade prior to coming across to suburban districts. And, um, yeah, commiserations to Walls End, their season over, and a mouthwatering clash between the journeyman and the Mary Owen
0: Mudrats, at Connolly Park this Saturday. Just before we go there, Singh's out has been pivotal in the game. They were 6-for-86 and going nicely. Singh was 35 or 47 and Shepherds run him out. And Wickets followed 86-88-91, um, that very famous name, Draker And then Sharma, last man out. for In a superb game of cricket, Walls End taking 30-overs, which for them is actually quite slow. Um, Wickets shared there were two runouts in there which were pivotal but uh, two to Sullivan, Vershaw, and Shepard in just a great game of cricket. So the the two west sides go through and I'll bring up the fixtures now because I, I think that one game, there's a clear favourite. I think the other game is going to be pretty tight. So here is the draw, ladies and gentlemen, both teams hosting. team The team, the minor premiers, Port Stevens Pythons hosting the waterboard at King Park Five at Roman Terrace and the Mary Ellen Mudrats uh, playing the journeyman and if I'm not right, the journeyman playing at Connolly twice in seven days, Dan, is that right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, so the Mudrad's hosting the journeyman at Connolly. Dan, do you see this? Do you see this as being a clear favourite in one, and the other game being relatively close, or do you think both teams one and two? Because I, I will say that I'm, I think Port Stevens are a very, very good cricket side. I think they're balanced. They've had a week off. They've hardly lost this season. And I just think they've got a few too many, a little bit too much firepower for the waterboard. The Mudrats and the Journeymen, as you say, the Journeymen have got this tendency to stick around. But um, over to you. First of all, the, fir- the first game, minor premiers Port Stevens against the waterboard at King Park at Raymond Harris, King Park Five, to be technically correct.
1: Um, Yeah, look, on on paper, you would expect the Pythons would win and go through to the grand final. The minor premiers, they lost one game all season, which was to the journeyman. Um, My only concern is their lack of cricket. They've had, I think they've played once in maybe the last five weeks. Um, They've had the week off, obviously, from finishing uh, minor premiers, the first week being washed out. So uh, them and the Mudrats went through to host for this weekend. Um, They've got a lot of big game players. Their history speaks for itself. They've won countless premierships and one-day cricket in the Maitland competition prior to coming down to suburban districts last season. Um, I can't write the waterboard off, and I know they're very confident. A good article in the Newcastle Weekly this week, Michael Ripon, they're very confident, the waterboard, that they they can knock the Pythons off. I think they've said they've won... They made the finals 13 seasons in a row. Um, and they, they were last year's CNS A-grade premiers. Now, mind you, a lot weaker competition than what this competition is. But to still win a premiership, that's they actually beat the journeyman in the A-grade competition last year. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't want to get bogged down in predictions because I don't want to make a lot of enemies. Um, but I, I would expect in a tough game, the Pythons would get the chocolates. Um, but a lot of things to consider. Um, I understand the wicket up there at King Park 5, they've put a lot of preparation in. Again, Craig Hunter and, and the guys up there do a fantastic job at King Park 5 and King Park 4, which is also hosting a semi final in Div 2. Um, yeah, look, um, the, the the smart money, would, would you would expect the Pythons to get the victory there, but the waterboard will certainly, it, it won't be a cake board. The waterboard will be, in there with Mitch Cronin, James Earl, We've scored a lot of runs this year. They get going. If they can put a couple of partnerships together, um, the Pythons will certainly have uh, plenty to think about. Um, but ac- across the board, I know the uh, the waterboard have a very strong bowling lineup as well, but the Pythons across the board, batting and bowling, it's, there's no weakness there. And their experience in big games, I think, fractionally, marginally ahead of, of the waterboard. Um, it's going to be a great game of cricket. I just hope the weather doesn't have a say in the outcome of that game.
0: No. And if Waterboard, the, the key to this is if Waterboard can get themselves somehow to 160 and get that four runs and over, I think that's going to be interesting because I do agree they've got a good bowling lineup. The, the question for me is can they restrict Port Stevens? And Port Stevens have a loaded top order. Um, I think that's going to be a very good game of cricket, but I do favour Port Stephens. Um, do I think it'll be convincing and a shellacking? No, but I, I do think Port Stevens will get home. But the key to it in the whole match is how waterboard bat. And they could make a, to make one of the biggest upsets in years if they can get some runs on the board. The second game is very intriguing. Mary Ellen West journeyman. Um pretty experienced sides here, Dan. They've got an interesting and long history, these two clubs um, going back a fair way. And I think, obviously, I think Mary Ellen are are, are, are entitled to the rights to be favourites. But to quote Dan Proudman of about three minutes ago, Mary Ellen haven't played much cricket. And uh, the journeyman and the waterboard have. They've played a bit more than them. Dan, I think this could be an exciting game of cricket. Um, Yeah, I still favour Mary Ellen, but the journeymen, as you keep on saying, they find a way. They can't make 114 against Mary Ellen. I'll give you that much.
1: No, um, 114 will be very tough to defend against the batting lineup with Cameron Roxby, Josh Forsyth, um, players that I think Luke Evans scored 50 in the, in the grand final last year. Of course, Mary Ellen Mudrats last year's Division One premiers. Yes. They finished second last season in the on the season proper they finished second this season uh in the season proper this this is going to be a cracking game of cricket dave and part of me filthy i've got to play because this would be a game i'd go and watch um the the journeyman again i've had a lot more to do with them uh over the last decade let say playing against them and watching them and Again, Dave Sullivan, Sammy Vashaw. Simon Knight didn't play on the weekend. Who was their leading wicket taker of the season? Like Twenty-four wickets. I think he had the second leading wickets in the a- uh, the Division One competition. Um, I believe he's back this weekend. Um, so if, if the journeymen are at full strength, look, well, this this game's even money. This game can go either way. The the Mudrats. I know they have a number of former uh, district first grade cricketers in their lineup. Yes, they but- do. I just think as far as consistency across the board, um, this is going to be a great game of cricket. If, if all players are available and that weather can hold off, this is a flip of the coin. I'm, um, I, won't, I won't be surprised if on Sunday I find out either team's won. Um, and, yeah, either of these teams can win the competition depending who they're playing from the other game as well. Um, it's, I, I think it's fair to say the best four teams in the competition have finished in the semifinals. I know the ladder may say different, but again, the journeyman, they were a couple of games shy of everyone else and finished one point out of the top four. If they got on in some of those games where other teams did, I expected the journeyman would have finished third, fourth at worst. Um, So by rights, this is second versus fifth on the ladder. Now, that would all point to second, you would think, being the the heavy favourites, but um, write the journeyman off at your peril.
0: And uh, Again, everybody, the journeyman had the, the misfortune to be scheduled at Blacklawville a, a few times, and unfortunately, Blacklawville has not it hasn't been an easy season there. Would be the polite way. Now, as Dan was saying in seconds, there's a magnificent double header at King Park. I hope that everybody gets out there. It's a massive day. They make a fortune at the canteen. It's going to be huge. Port Stephens hosting Warner's Bay at King Park 4. big trip for Warner's Bay in seconds, and the Carrington Gravity Riders riders are hosting Katara. Pat Jordan. And while I speak of Katara, a little sneaky five overs, none for nine for D Saunders last week for his beloved Katara Hornets. Dan Bowling, little meds or little offies or what are you bowling there, mate? Very good figures from the great man. Uh, skipper wanted some tight bowling or drinks so just falling straight at the stumps. Very good figures. You must be very impressed. So just take take us to fours. Uh, that's a grade you're very familiar with, obviously. And what what's the scenario in fours? Um, where are, where are the mighty Katara Hornets, as you call them?
1: Uh, well, uh, the Katara are playing the Meriwether Nepalese, who finished yeah. second um, on the ladder yep. in, the, in the season proper. So it's second v fourth, and that's actually at Jesmond Park. Yep. Um, so we really need the weather to hold off, and we need to get the covers down because uh, if the game doesn't go ahead, uh, we're eliminated. Which is just that's is what it is. Um, Edgeworth. Uh, Tavern Cricket Club finished minor premiers, very strong team, are playing the Westlake's Renegades, who finished third. Um, and that game's at Hillsborough Oval, another ground that's uh, yeah, it doesn't have to rain too much for issues. There are backup synthetic wickets for Div 3-6. to Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, clubs need to notify fight their earliest uh, prior to 5pm on the Friday. So tomorrow, there may be some ground transfers. Um, Yeah, so I guess we're just waiting on the weather. It's not – the forecast isn't looking too promising, but um, all we can do is is fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, that's Div 4. These games in Div 2, if we can jump back there, there's uh, the current and Gravity Riders who finished minor premiers, and they've uh, aligned with the Merriweather Cricket Club. So um, we've got Div 1 and Div 2. Games being held side by side, which is a bit of an anomaly. So King Park 5 is Division 1, Pythons v. Waterboard. And at King Park 4, Pythons v. Warners Bay. So Warners Bay defeated the waterboard on the weekend, which was a turnaround from the waterboard beating Warners Bay in the final round and actually costing them the minor premiership. Um, And at Connolly Park, the Mary Ellen Mudrats are hosting the journeyman next door at Pat Jordan, is the Merriweather Gravity, Carrington Gravity Riders versus Katara. So we've been able to schedule these games. Um, and you'll see in Div 3, both Div 3 fight, semifinals around at Fay and Oval 1 and Saw 2. That. Saw that tour, yeah. Which, um, yeah, those games were... Well, one was due to be on synthetic, not one of the better synthetic rounds. So that team was happy to uh, play on the next best available turf. And, and Maryland Fletcher, who were the minor premiers in Div 3, uh, their home grounds traditionally Bill Elliott over at Maryland. Um, you've only got to spit on the sidewalk, and that ground's washed out down low and on a swamp. So they requested um, a ground again. The spirit of cricket they could have just said, Look, we'll take our chances of Bill Elliott. And I'd be stunned if even now that was good to go for Saturday, the outfield. So credit to them again. Um, so the Maryland Fletcher game is at Fayum One and the Beach Hotel game, I don't know who they're playing in front of me, are hosting on and 2. So lots of great games of cricket in these semifinals this weekend, Dave.
0: Oh, yeah, look, and it's great to see that there's so many games being, that's really clever, they're being played side on side, uh, side by side. So it's Beach Hotel against Hild- Hillsborough EDCC, that's at playing Two, and on the main fan Oval, it's Marilyn Fletcher against Valentine Labana. So Valentine Labana uh, having a away having a away final right next to where they live, which is great for them. So well, and
1: last week Valentine, so Valentine finished sixth. They knocked off third place Warners Bay last week, a big upset. So
0: which grade is now? Now, um, which which um, side is our friend Mr Absalom aligned with at Warners Bay? Which grade? Uh, Division five. Okay. They're gone. But our good friend Jimmy Newburn
1: was a part of that Division Three team who got um, knocked over by Valentine on the weekend. So, and that game was at Fay and One as well. So, you know, interestingly know Valentine, two consecutive away games at Fay and One. Just just how the cookies crumbled. Um, but again, a, a good example of the top eight final series. Uh, Valentine have gone back to back and,
0: and they're in the semi finals. And one, one win away would be a so just for everybody, everybody, um, if there is wet weather, we've got an umpire's note about this today. Duckworth-Lewis Stern applies in these games, and uh, just be aware of that. These are one-day games. Dan, there is no Sunday backup. Is that correct? Correct. So Division One and Division Two are on turf only.
1: If those yes. games are unfortunately washed out or fail to commence, um, the highest placed. Uh, we'll go through to the grand final next weekend, which will be 1v2. Division 3 to Division 6 have backup synthetic available. It's a responsibility of the home team or the home neutral team um, to advise of the condition of, of the ground. Um, administration will be going around and uh, viewing grounds. I'll be one of them. Just to ensure, the, um, I guess, the integrity of, of, of the competition to make sure any grounds that may be unfit for play is fair them unfit for play last thing you want to see is games not go ahead when they may have been able to and again games have gone as late as 10 past 4 to commence in uh, over reduced games um, so what's that a 15 over game minimum I uh,
0: believe it would be yeah I'd have to double check that. But I'd do one day games, that's normal. T twenties are T five, as you and I well know from commentating on those, not once but twice. But I think it's fifteen overs is the minimum, but I'd have to check that. So ten past four does sound to me like a fifteen over game. That's thirty overs, two hours. That's finishing around or about twenty past past six. So all right, mate. Well, thank you so much. It's gonna be very exciting. Good luck to your beloved Katara Hornets and uh just hope the weather holds off and that Jasmine Jes- soaked up some of that, that moisture and you are able to get on.
1: Yeah, just one thing I want to mention, uh, the Mighty Hornets,
0: look, all, all four teams
1: were in, all, in four semifinals, which we're very proud of. Um, but there was an impressive bowling performance on the weekend, which um, stems back to the Division Two game. Now, we spoke off here about this because it happened the day after we last recorded, but uh, the Katara versus Maryland Fletcher game at Luger Park. Yep. Um council weren't able to get onto the ground on the Friday to mow. Um, <laughs> yes. So about half the Katara team took it upon themselves late Friday afternoon, get down to Luger Park with their actual backyard mowers and mowed Luger Park by like, freehand. Um, and we got, got the roller out there. Um, well done to Michael Morrison, the curator there. Got to wick it up. Um, obviously, looking at the result that you know, council may have had, again, the, the right idea it was too wet. Uh, Katara were fortunate enough to win the toss, sent Maryland in the bat. them met with 31 and 16 overs. Um, wow. Katara got, I the runs, see that. got the runs five down. So, again, commiserations to Maryland Fletcher there, um, but they got the opportunity to get on. Now, interesting stats in this game. Uh, in that 31 for Maryland Fletcher, David
0: Bailey scored 23, and there were three wides. That, that's ridiculous. That That's... I, I saw the photos. That Dan shared with me some photos of the, the players um, mowing Luger Park hand by hand. It goes to show that if you want to play badly enough, you'll almost do anything. I You know, I've seen other things. I've seen people who are wealthy get helicopters out there with blowers, towels, pitchforks, and they've gone and mowed the ground on their own. It's, uh, yeah, otherwise they'd have been gone, so... Amazing. And credit to both clubs for wanting to play, I think.
1: Yeah, look, Katara, again, could have took the easy option, took council's advice, but they they felt, they looked at the ground and said, well, if this was an away game, we'd be disappointed we didn't get an opportunity to get on. So um, I'll give them a pat on the back. But interesting uh, bowling figures here. Nigel Hogan, seven overs, four maidens, six for four. And five of those six were caught. So not exactly the, the wicket doing... A whole lot of damage where they're playing in the air. Um, and from the other end, Ian Hopper has come on first change. Hopps, one of the most underrated bowls in Newcastle cricket, I can tell you. Four overs, three maidens, four for one.
0: Well, that's the way to clean
1: up a team. Yeah, uh, but in their defence, they come out firing Maryland. and they had Katara um, five for 19 in the run chase. Uh, but Max Pickett is a backbone. He stayed there from the, from the top 19, not out, got. Katara home, but um, yeah, I thought six for four off seven that that was worthy of a mention. Um, uh, performance
0: for Absolutely. the week, Absolutely. Um, mate. Good yeah. luck on the weekend, my friend.
1: Uh, thank you. Um, and good luck to all teams playing semi finals across the NDCA, whether it's uh the NDCA district, first to fourth grade, the development league, suburban districts, the city, and suburban have their grand finals this Saturday. So, good luck to those playing grand finals on the weekend as well. Um, just hope the weather isn't what we're talking about on the podcast next week. We're talking about some cracking close games of
0: cricket. The teams to earn their way into the grand finals for suburban districts next week. And thanks to the Cicadas that are just outside, they are deafening here at the moment. And uh, I, I won't say what I'm really thinking because that would be rude. This is a G-rated show, but uh, not overly <laughs> impressed with Mr. Cicada giving us a, a full rendition of Luciano's Pav- Pavarotti's Ness and Dorma at the moment. Dan, thank you so much. Good luck to the Hornets. Look forward to catching up with you next week. When we do, unbelievably, a grand final preview uh, preview to finish off our first season of podcasting. So take care, Saundra. Good luck. Thanks, brothers. All the best, mate. Take care. On behalf of Dan, this is David. We will see you soon. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Enjoy your suburban district. Bye-bye.